You're listening to another episode of the Get The Shot podcast. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram is at Get The Shot Podcast, and on Twitter it's GTS underscore podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to episode 5 of the Get The Shot podcast, recorded on the 10th of September 2019. 10 to 9 in the evening, yeah. 10 to 9 in the evening. Uh, with your host, back back. John Willis, at JRE Willis. Mr. Josh Deakin. Uh, Josh Deakin, I don't think they went around again. <laughs> Go on, Billy. And um, Billy... That's it. BFH UK. <laughs> Just Billy. She subbed the Harrison. I've changed it now. Hashtag the Harrison. Did you guess my gone. last name? <laughs> Harrison is gone. Did you guess my middle name? All right. So in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about mobile editing, its pros, its cons, whether everyone likes it. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Maybe not everyone does. Billy doesn't like it. <laughs> Big spoiler alert. Um, and we're also going to talk about some essential accessories. If you're new to photography or you're uh, just starting out, maybe thinking about some of the accessories that you should think about getting to start off with and spend your money wisely. Yeah, mm. I think a good place to start would probably be to get the essentials in the, in the motion because... Uh, we could start talking about mobile editing, but I think that would probably be the bigger topic later on. So, <laughs> should we talk about you know what things people should have on them as a photographer? And this is this isn't just for newbies out there. This, this could be for you know your intermediate pro, <clears throat> not so much the full pros. <laughs> I'm not saying that because I'm saying I'm sort of level of photographer. I, I saw I saw that job. I saw that job. No, you no, guys can't see. It's fine. I, I was just trying not to cough on the podcast. Oh, oh, oh I thought you was like, like <coughs> you was thinking that I was saying something was a bit too. No, that's no, no, that's no, 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 Yeah. So All yeah, right. we'll, we'll uh, we're going to dive into that now. And um, I guess who wants to kick it off? Uh, what things should you have as a photographer? We have my photography bag with me. Oh, do you know what, Len? Ooh. We'll start with you, Billy. Oh my god, what have I got today? I have some. What's in Billy's some, bag? What's in Billy's bag? Is it Nanny McPhee's bag? Is it? Does it keep going oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i think right let me start off the first item it's probably about what we're saying like five items what we're saying yeah, five items. Well, did you know i got item one okay go on then a camera oh. <laughs> oh guys just a brief warning you may hear some ruffling and you may also hear some some uh, things that you've heard before if you haven't got a camera you haven't got a photography bag <laughs> Help yourself out, Billy. If you haven't got a proper camera, then you probably just have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about a moment later. Yeah, There's a plug for it. Later. Yeah, no, a camera, a camera is good, you know. Just you don't have to have a DSLR. You can totally have a bridge camera. We ain't judging. Oh, that's another um, story altogether later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this, I started on a bridge camera, that's fine. Guys. I don't know Take really what a bridge camera is. It's mm. just a camera that its lens is attached and it's no. okay. Uh, it's like a manually, a manually controllable yeah. camera, but with a fixed lens. Basically. Yeah, basically, if you if you haven't got the money to go modular with the lenses, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just have a little it's purple like Fuji. More compact. Use this, that's it. More compact, generally. Yeah. Easier to get to grips with, maybe. So that's like the middle. That's that's an even further middle between a point and shoot and a natural DSLR, then, isn't it? I guess. Well, I suppose they kind of the lines blur a little bit as well because mm. things like the Sony RX one hundreds, they're compact in size so they're smaller than bridge cameras but they're kind Processors, of stuff but they like have that, yeah. all the technology of a digital SLR and a mirrorless <laughs> camera in that sense like the G7X then as well yeah, yeah so that sort of thing and they have all of those sorts of things uh, but in a very small body so bridge cameras traditionally are quite 
bulky, generally. They mm. look like a digital SLR, mm. uh, largely because I think there is an association that bigger is better, but mm. you know, we've talked about that in a previous episode. <laughs> that's so. not always the case. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that goes without saying although, for everything. Although that's what I thought when I bought mine. <laughs> <laughs> How big is it? Is it big? <laughs> Will it hurt my arm? Yeah. <laughs> the, thing, the, problem, the, the only problem I had when I first saw sort of like fixed, you know, basically what you're saying, it, it, I, I knew them as a fixed lens camera because I was just told that as like someone else would call it. And I guess that seems like, it almost seemed like, without being rude, it sounded like a way, a really quick way out of having to spend more money if you didn't want to. But then, why would someone put them, not, not because you, you, it's your first camera, so we'll, we'll give you the pass and say, like, you, you didn't, like, buy Yeah, it. I was, like, 14. You didn't, buy like, it, you didn't buy it to just go, right, that's it, and that's all that's I happening. I didn't want to be a photographer, I just, like, take pictures. Yeah, you bought, it's, more, it's, it's more built built for the, not even just the hobbyists, it's for the... For the it's just consumers, the, isn't the it? Consumer yeah. starter, yeah. right? Because I think the, the, hob, the hobbyists and the consumer are very two different people. Oh, I think you've got you've got prosumers now as well, yeah. you, which that's a new market that's developed over the last 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Your thousand pound iPhone, your 1500 pound compact mirrorless cameras that, are, that <laughs> yeah, don't have interchangeable yeah, yeah. lens and stuff like that but actually can you find the they are it? well I, I suppose ultimately they're they're a line of devices yeah. that would never have sold 10 years ago but yeah, now being, people being serious yeah. people have disposable disposable income generally where they're willing to spend money on a hobby or willing to spend money to get good quality and you only have to look at cars don't you like the way that cars have changed because people lease more mm-hmm. than buy now because mm-hmm. it's a disposable income but they like the idea of having something new and shiny and you know they pay a set mm-hmm. amount every month and they get that much so that sort of thing so we kind of touched on uh, if, if you haven't listened to the previous episode we touched on you know like whether you can make it a career um photography or like so i guess you could apply to most industries so you know kind of linking off of what gear you would use would obviously reflect on that so if you haven't listened to that episode and you've just joined us from the previous episode before number four go back and listen to that it's a good listen just a pull back to the Do you have any one. recommendations for like you know a beginner? I had my like That's Nikon. Yeah. I had my Nikon yeah. three uh, three thousand two hundred, and do you know what? That was sick yeah. camera. A lot of beginner. I, I would say there is nothing wrong with starting with an entry level Nikon digital SLR. So yeah. something like the new one's probably like a thirty five hundred or something mm-hmm. like that because they just tend to increment yeah. it. A Sony, um, a Sony RX series, like an RX100, like even a Mark III. Or even an, a, an A6300. Yeah, or an A6000. I mean, an A6000 yeah. you could get for, you know, less than 400 quid with a lens. Yeah, it's so cheap. Yeah. And it gives you that creativity, doesn't it? Cameras it have that... come a lot down. Like, the same like mobile phones, they're, they're the, the, the price of buying them, uh, you know, pre-owned or buying them like not exactly new but close to new mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. just buying it like reconditions like they're all they're all different they all mean different things but they're all ultimately cheaper than the original purchase yeah and i think you you don't have to and i would say that you wouldn't want to spend two thousand pounds on a camera mm. as a, a first camera because yeah. There is inevitably going to be a time, and I think you don't about know how to use it? no, you don't know how to use it. You don't know how to use you all the features. You have to judge whether it's essential to your to you, whether you want it. Like if you've got the money for it, then fair enough. No one's not. We're not going to judge people for the fact that they might have two grand waiting around that they might want to use on a hobby. But then there's the people that will save for that hobby, and you you have to really really think whether it's justified because it's a lot of money you're blowing. Yeah. So if you start off with like you know your bargain basement. Go with like a like a cheap Canon or a cheap Sony or even a cheap Nikon. Like we're not discriminating any brands here. <laughs> even even Fuji has, I'm sure, some some cheap level ones. Yeah, they've they've been going yeah. for for bloody years. They have. 
And I think it's. Got those out there. I think it doesn't really matter what camera you buy. The crucial thing is if you're starting off into the photography journey, you want a camera that allows you to take manual control. So you want yeah. something that can shoot out of auto mode. Yeah. So you want something that You've allows got to you to get take used aperture. to that a little bit. Yeah, you need something that can... aperture priority and manual. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, aperture priority and shutter priority and all those sorts of things. And uh, autofocus. If if you're looking enough to have autofocus on that pre-owned camera that you might buy, then do that as well as manual. Because I found that's my sweet spot. Even for me, I wouldn't consider myself to be a very pro-y person. I like to think I'm intermediate because I really still am learning. Like, everyone's still learning. But, like, you, you have to really... You have to really think... Because like everyone will start in auto, and there's people who go, "Oh no, I started in manual." Well, that's maybe because like they force themselves to do that. And I think there is certain, the same. Well, there's something to be said, isn't there? I mean, we've talked about gear before, and we don't want to dwell too much on the the cameras and stuff. But no. which leave um, on this? Yeah. yeah. So mirrorless is a good example where you could probably learn more in manual because you yeah. can make an adjustment and see that instant adjustment You'd be on more screen. Comfortable yeah. With but some money. arguably, auto folk, you know, um, sort of auto focus in new camera systems is phenomenal like in in new mirrorless camera systems it's so so fast and it's so accurate um and whether it's fuji's whether it's sony's whether it's new nikon whether it's new canon eos r's the auto focusing on them is phenomenal so if you can afford to spend enough money to get a current camera then great you don't have to spend top of the range often you find that a lot of the features are shared across the range uh, and again, uh, use price comparison websites. Use things like Price Runner, Camera Price Buster, yeah. all those sorts of things that allow you to see Google new prices. Google it, you know, yeah. read up on what's yeah. best. Um... Read reviews. I remember I um, I used to read, before I switched to Sony, I um, followed um, quite closely the recommendations of um, a Nikon Pro, like mm-hmm. somebody that only shot with Nikon. And his recommendations were genuinely useful. Like, they were a really, really useful thing to read as somebody that didn't really know that much about photography. Yeah. Somebody who was a pro, who was making a living from it, him saying, you know, at the time, it was uh, the equivalent of, like, the the 3400. It was called the Nikon D40. And he was going, it's all the camera you need. It's the Mm -hmm. cheapest one they make, and it's the only thing you need. Start with that, buy a flash, buy a new lens. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Mm -hmm. So that was quite interesting as we went through. So we talked about cameras. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to say... The essential bit of kit that I think is essential for any photographer. Yeah. Spare batteries. Of yeah. course. You would never underestimate the annoyance of getting to a shoot or being on a shoot or doing a landscape We've shot. We've all been yeah, there. and realizing that halfway through shooting something, you've not got enough battery to get the rest of the yeah. sunset or yeah. to get the rest of a shoot or whatever or if it a might battery be. Battery fails on you mid <coughs> the start of your shoot. Which you shouldn't is be limited. Here. With the battery, yeah. I will say in the defence of most beginners, though, the reason why most <coughs> people don't think that would be the problem is because they feel like they could probably get away with saving battery like by turning the camera on and off. I but, don't think that helps. Yeah, low key. When you turn your when, when you turn when you turn off your mobile phone and turn it. Oh wow, I went really old fashioned there. Mobile phone. You turn on your phone <laughs> and you turn it off again. It has to use power to turn it off yeah. and turn it on. So it's nice to leave it on standby. So I, I, know, I know someone who still turns their phone off at night when it charges. I'm like, you do realise that it's still using power to allow it to all work. Like, it ain't just a solid brick when it's turned yeah. off. You know, you, you have to put your aspect in mind in that. Saving battery is easy to do, yeah. given the right circumstances. But you always, nine times out of ten, you are going to be so happy that you might have got to like 40% on your battery mm. and you think, oh, Okay, I might not need it after this. Like, or you, or you get lucky, and you, you just think, okay, well, even if I didn't get lucky, I've still got those two batteries in my bag. Yeah, and I think um, as I switched to mirrorless, 
early. Mm. Early mirrorless cameras were shite on batteries. Mm. Like I'm not any part of the early yeah. early, early, early adoption. Early adoption it yeah. was it was a painful was experience. You know, I could have um, I could have my Nikon uh, seventy one hundred that I yeah. shot on before, and that battery would last me months between charges, genuinely months. Like, yeah. I could take thousands of photos because there was no digital screen in terms of for viewfinder. It's the, all that the, extra stuff that yeah, makes the all battery the, life All the review, uh, sort of reviewing images, I really didn't do much because I was just like, yeah, it looks fine and carried on. Yeah. Things like the autofocus systems were much simpler. You know, they didn't use as much battery power because they weren't working so hard. So for me, uh, spare batteries weren't really a problem when I was on digital SLRs. Moving to mirrorless, early mirrorless cameras drank batteries. And I'm not joking when I tell you that you could be sat there on a Sony A6000 and you would literally watch the battery meter drop a percent a minute. Ooh. And it was just going down, down. It's the same with all new tech. Down. Just look at just look at five G. That's still not adoptive. It's not. Yet. But then you look at something like the A seven three that I'm now on, and that battery can easily last a full day. Yeah. One battery, and it's yeah. not that much bigger. But obviously, what they've done, they've refined the camera systems, they've refined all of the stuff and the power mm. saving. I'm no joke. If I went to a, a networking event that lasted four hours, I would have to take six batteries mm. for uh, my old camera because yeah. it just wouldn't last. You know, I'd yeah. have to take. And that is a part and parcel of being early adopter. Early adopter. Well, it's the same with, with Canon's only mirrorless camera yeah, at the moment. Exactly. It's and still there with that. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? Where now it's right. Yeah. Uh, now we're at the point, you know, three years on, they've got it absolutely nailed the batteries are no longer an issue mm -hmm. so yeah so what i will say though uh, say i don't mean to butt in john uh, i i there's one thing that people probably don't hear often and i think people will be very happy to hear this people who know this will be probably clapping in their own head thinking someone said it i'm happy remember that batteries don't always hold their charge for you know that if you can have it for a few days fair enough but if it's a month or two months later, yeah. make sure you recharge your batteries because lithium batteries are brilliant, but they have their limits. And that's why we're moving to graphene at some point in the future yeah, because well, they discharge. The lithium ions are designed for their own benefit to discharge. After about 10 days, they start discharging slowly it's down safety. to about 30%. Look yeah. at this Note 7, that exploded yeah, yeah. because yeah. the batteries weren't discharging properly. Yeah, so um, batteries are important. Um, yeah, just so be yeah. very careful with it. So we've had, um, obviously, the camera off Billy. The batteries. batteries off me, Josh. What's your essential bit of kit? Well, uh, I could I could say the one that you need to be able to take the photos with, but I think that'd be such a cliche. But I think one of the things that you should really think about when you're taking a camera is thinking about the the sort of thing that you're going to be shooting specifically. You take what what gear you want to assist you. So that could be a tripod, possibly, mm -hmm. or a monopod if you want to go, you know, a bit more exciting. So you, are you going tripod? Are we going? Going tripod. So basically, I'm saying like this is not like an item per se. This is something you've got to think so, about. So something to stabilize yeah. your camera with. So I'm whether that's your, whether that's something that's going to aid your shoot. I have yeah. never owned a tripod. No. Dun, dun, dun. And I have no interest. It depends. You rather borrow someone's than you. I'll never borrow. You want a, you want a, a tripod? You're a cheapskate then. I suppose. Yeah. No, I have no. What? What? What am I going to do with it? Well, if you're in a studio, you could shoot with it on tripod, I suppose. I shoot on the floor. She's using the ring light. So I use the flip screen on my ATD. Get on the floor. I can't do that with a tripod. Okay, so the only the only thing, yeah, the only thing I would say. I don't need it. No, I mean like the little, sorry, the little one. I'm not thinking monopod. Yeah. Landscapes definitely are useful, obviously, if you need. A tripod well, if you're trying to do it. And if you're, doing, exposure. if you're doing any long exposure, tripods are essential. But I've used a rock once. I've used a rock. Yeah, well, and actually, um, I did have, years ago, I don't have it now because I just I don't know where it's gone, but 
Um, things like a little mini bean bag. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. they can work really really well just to stabilize it so it's got something to sit on that will conform to the shape of like a wall or whatever yeah but will give you a flat platform to put your camera on and that works really well there was a guy that, uh, I, uh, that I knew um, from photography a few years ago who while in uni had to make a project uh, so like he was doing he, he was doing photography but like the thing he was doing at uni was to do with product design which is similar to what my brother's been doing and like he probably he, he said it was a good idea but it had its flaws. So the idea was, you know how you know you can kind of use magnets to stabilize certain things. Like some camera modules have used, you know, little magnetic parts to make things stabilize. So <coughs> this was basically a piece of, in a way, PVC plastic surrounding uh, a sort of sizable magnet. Not enough that would like raise flags. You could take it on on planes. It was safe. They weren't like going to like stick to the plane or something or sit to a chair. The idea would be that you could. In the same as like with like one of those egg timers where you'd stick it down like yeah. and it would turn. Yeah. This would stick to something metal. So like I could take this to like Tower Bridge, stick it on the side. Sorry if I hurt your ears then. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, part part of the visual aids as usual. And uh, it was brilliant because you could get a shot that no one else could get because it was being too shaky. And even with a tripod, you can get What's it. What's the one where it stabilises? No, oh, I love them. So that's a gimbal. I'm more that's a video thing. Though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could go gimbal. But so I gimbals, go gimbal. Goes, yeah, no. Going gimbal for video is useful. But gimbals, uh, to be honest, gimbals are one of those things as well where things <laughs> like um, the Osmo Pocket, um, 350 quid, and you've got something that can shoot 4K, completely stabilised, all internally done, the, the camera's on it, you've got a little screen so you can see what you're shooting. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. for so that we're, yeah, there's a few people that I've seen. Is the battery life any good? Um, say again? Is the battery life any good? Not bad, to be honest. Because those are the kind of things do. that are like still very new. They're very small. They're small. Um, and even things like, you can use um, like the DJI um, sort of mobile phone stabiliser mm. that you can stick your phone in. They're like 99 quid, which, you Ooh. know, if all you've so got... Both, um, yeah. Mon what's it called? Uh, Monfrotto. They they're a rip off for everything as well. <laughs> they are. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the person who's never bought something from. I've worked for the photographer. I heard a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that I think if you hmm. if you want to go down that route of video, then a, a gimbal's probably quite good. But for essential stuff, it's not essential. No, not really. That's something late. It's a luxury. It's a luxury. Answer. Luxury, nothing. But a tripod, you know, maybe a small one yeah. attached. But um, and even and even yeah. gorilla pods, yeah. gorilla you're, you're pods in terms of the ones me. that you can yeah wrap around something is really useful. I mean, even like those, yeah. 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 But you're not going to catch me anytime soon with a tripod. Even no. though I slated Mont Montfrotto just a minute ago, I do own one of their products, and it's actually probably one of the best products I've owned. Not just from them, but in general, in terms of my kit, because it, it, it happens to be very helpful. It's the uh, the Pixie. Pixie, yeah. Yeah. And what's I a, think you got one, right? What's yeah, a yeah. Pixie? It's a tiny desktop-based or small three-pronged tripod that you can basically. It's not really adjustable other than like putting it out flat mm -hmm. and uh, effectively like um, just gives you a ball head that you can twist. But how expensive was that? 25 quid okay yeah. i let them off for that yeah. one item that they've created but, but as far as lighting systems go i'm not Light, on yeah yourself. okay so lighting systems i can say that's what it looks like yeah oh i've seen this yeah yeah so i I'd say 17 17 18 pounds yeah. i got it really cheap I, got yeah. it, I literally bought it just to do uh just to do some little bits of filming from my college before mm. yeah. i bought it off my own back because I, I was doing it with my own gear anyway so like it was actually going to be for a youtube use 
and it sits in the bottom of my, you know how uh, you mean you've got the same yeah, bag. Yeah. We both, what's, what's the bag? I forgot the name. Uh, Low Pro. Low Pro. Yeah. So there's your bag option we'll talk a bit about. Uh, BP150 have you got or something? Yeah, something. I think that's right. The, 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 the Tapo. Tapo, Tapo one, yeah, yeah. 150. I've got many camera bags. I think this is what <laughs> I've established. I can't really find the right camera bag. That's I just got, got a Canon, well. Canon camera bag. Mm. Oh, I like uh, backpacks, you see. Yeah, I've got the Canon like backpack. It's got like a little bit on bit that opens up. Um, we'll get to that in a bit. And it stops you from sweating. Mm. So Nobody likes a sweaty photographer. Do not want a sweaty bath. The beauty, the beauty of something that, that small and lightweight is it's strong. It's, I don't know what type of plastic it is, but it's very mm. reinforced plastic. So like mm. I've batted it against things and it, yeah. and it can it can proper chalk up against things. Like it can yeah. get like chalk marks on it. Yeah. But it's very sturdy. And because of the type of bag you've, you've got, so you say, there's that little pocket at the bottom yeah, yeah, yeah. portion of your, you know, your Velcro sectioned bag. Yeah. And it just sits in there nice and flush. I go in, grab it out, stick it down. And it, it actually aids me even just for holding. So like where the Gorilla yeah, Pies, Casey Neistat comes yeah, yeah. in if you want to do your video. You can hold on them pretty stably. Yeah, yeah, they're not bad. And you can click the button to change angle. The, I mean, again, so things like tripods. Um, the other essential things we'll quickly run through because I am conscious that we are yes. cracking on. So other things, um, things like UV filters. Uh, they're particularly useful for protecting the end of your lenses. So oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, th a threaded piece of glass basically that allows you to protect the end of your lens. Yeah. If you're prone to get shooting in rain or shooting in adverse conditions, it can just protect the end of the lens. Um, ultimately, Richie. lenses don't tend to scratch because even if you, you would think they would, but yeah, you think yeah. even if you took the e a knife to the end of a lens and really scuffed it up and scratched it up, you probably wouldn't see it on mm. the photos because it's so close to the sensor mm. that you wouldn't see the scratches. Yeah. However, what you're trying to do is just protect that if you fell over, for example, and you it landed on so you go <laughs> onto the UV filter, not the end of the and lens. And just imagine having something like my Pancake 24 millimeter lens. Yeah. That would be. Right, I've seen a lot of people smash the UV filter yeah, and not and protect the lens. The lens. Yeah. Exactly. It's like your iPhone protection. Case, and for the yeah. for the case of, for the yeah you know, for the sake of seven or eight quid for a, even an Amazon it's a basic that saves of, you, yeah. Yeah. Saves exactly. you bacon, definitely. Yeah. The only reason I haven't got one is because it was the size of my Nikon and they're not yeah. the same. The lenses aren't the same size. Yeah. As the Obviously, make sure that that's probably something to mention. Make sure that you go out and buy the right things for your yeah, camera. Right make sure you like size. check in because I bought the wrong size at least four times before I Because you got like you might have like with like a fifty two millimeter lens size yeah, like so just specifics that's something specific lens knows. sizes. So like I mean for example Watch like out. um there's quite a few common sizes like fifty two mil, sixty seven, seventy two, eighty, mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So it just depends often on how big the lens is how big the aperture is on it. Mm -hmm. So bigger aperture lenses tend to have bigger filter threads just because they're just They've got a bigger piece it of glass. So it'll Google. normally tell you on the camera, on the, the lens itself anyway. It'll normally I think 52 the is the majority for, for a lot of lenses because like you, you'll get you, the majority of lenses you'll get will be ones that have like a dome kind of where the glass stretches out over the outside of where it sits. Whereas if you get like a pancake lens, it's pretty flush and you've got quite a lot of plastic down to the middle. So yeah. that's where certain certain things won't attach because obviously the size it's is interesting. out of proportion. Nick, Nikon gear that I shot with before, 52mm was by far the most popular. It is, yeah. Um, however, any big lens that I had for Nikon was 77mm. Yeah, and yeah. anything that I shoot with on Sony is 72. They all look the same, so, but they're not the same. No, it's very, it's yeah. very niche differences. And actually, the A6000 kit lens that we talked about earlier on, uh, that only has a 40.5mm Oh, that, that can catch you out. That's tiny. So that's why you should always make sure you get the right yeah. make. So yeah. it goes without saying, when you're buying your lenses, make sure you look which brand you're buying. Because yeah. if you don't buy the official lens, 
don't go and buy something from Fuji, no, not Fuji, um, from Sam Yank. Well, you might not start with Sam Yank. <laughs> don't, don't buy, you know, like, was it Sigma or, yeah. or Zeiss or anything like that. Don't buy, don't buy it without checking the, the brand that it's made for because every brand has a different motorized engine and computer system. And if you try and put a Nikon on a Canon, it will probably hate you. Mm. Well, it probably just won't fit, will it? Or unless you've got a converter, yeah. but that's a, that's yeah, a yeah. whole other game. Yeah, we don't want to exactly. get people confused. So, yeah, so UV filters, uh, other things are things like um, SD cards, making sure that you've got a backup probably as well. So Not you don't need loads, but just making sure you've got a spare one because SD cards do sometimes go bad. I've had one go in 10 plus years, but everything on that card disappeared. It was yeah. recoverable at home. Mm. But ultimately, it just wouldn't write to well, it in the camera. Well, even if it's just full, the amount yeah. of times I've yeah. accidentally yeah. just filled them. Especially if you shoot in RAW. If Go. you're shooting RAW, yeah. you fill cameras. Um, like 20 or 30 yeah, megabytes yeah, each. Exactly. So the, the top tip with that is buy enough SD cards that you don't... Well, don't go crazy. Um, also be careful of getting the higher rate SD cards because they are very expensive and you don't need them as a even as, a, as an intermediate. One. I don't see the problem. Go go buy them from SanDisk when on sale. I get them on sale because well, they're the best time. I think it's that thing, isn't it? Of if you're not going to be shooting video, you don't need ultra high speed no. cards normally. I recommend but you watch uh, the was it the ultra yeah, extremes ultra, and probably the, yeah, the most yeah, you'll need. Yeah, exactly. And it just depends. I mean, on my A7 III it will struggle to keep up. If I don't have an ultra high speed two card, it won't shoot 20 frames a second raw. Mm. But you are trying to shove a gig a second <laughs> yeah. through the card. So you can kind of you're understand you are asking for a lot. So You have to you have but, to peter your expectations yeah. with the camera. And do I, want to, do I want to pay £30 a card or £100 a card? Mm -hmm. Would I rather have three cards? I fell into that chat with video know. on my first 1200D. I tried to record video and I didn't realise it, but... Because the I think it was because of the class speed. Yeah. Because it was not yeah, a class, class ten. Four rather than class Because it was one of those, you know, the old generic Sandisk yeah. blue ones. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like, oh, it would stop after two seconds because it just couldn't keep up with yeah. writing. Because the SD card basically would go, was going, sorry, not happening. Essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Got a bit of a moth flying around here. We have. Um. So yeah. So. Friends joined us. Other than that, uh, our next sort of topic that we were going to go on to, we're going to have sort of ten minutes maybe on this one, mm -hmm. is mobile editing. Yeah. So. Me and Josh are quite advocates of this. We quite like the idea of being <laughs> we love able to... The, we love the jokey uh, atmosphere that it's attached to it to. Well, it's not so much his side. I, I appreciate uh, laptop-based editing or desktop-based editing. We all do, yeah. Mobile-based editing has a place. It's I had think. a resurgence. Uh, well, not a resurgence, but it's had a popularity. So you use Snapseed, don't you? Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. So that's a, that's a free uh, app that you can download that has Google, a lot of yeah. features. It does have a lot of features. Google bought out Snapseed years ago. Mm. Um, Would you and... know that Snapseed and Instagram actually were competing against each other at the start? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy to say that, but yeah. Snapseed had a tiny community thing for a little while. Yeah, for a little bit, and then they went, nah, we're better at this editing. So. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which, which we know was the better thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Innocently so, so, yeah. And uh, I use Lightroom, Creative Cloud, mobile. Uh, and that's purely just because I have an Adobe subscription because I support the devil. Uh, <laughs> nice one uh, there. Yeah, and um, actually, I have <laughs> Sorry, to say, Adobe, you won't be sponsoring yeah, that. Episode. So, uh, this, yeah, this episode was not sponsored by Adobe for um, so many reasons. It, unfortunately, um, it's one of those things where I don't pay. I mean, I as an educator, I get Adobe for a pittance of what somebody would pay full price i would not be paying 50 pounds a month for the full creative mm -hmm. cloud you just couldn't just buy without the discount no, not without and not unless it was my living you no, know no. if it was my living so ultimately i pay 
nowhere near that. And uh, I get the benefits of storing my photos if I edit on mobile. So I transfer the photos from my phone, uh, from my camera to my phone, um, either through a like a dongle mm. or Wi-Fi through Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah, the Wi-Fi you get a drop in quality. That's the biggest issue. So yeah. um, my like cameras don't even do that anyway. Yeah, so most Sony cameras will only do like two megapixel photos over Ooh, Wi-Fi, which you're losing. Ooh. You're going from twenty-four megapixels to two, and it's like for Instagram. It's fine because it looks shit anyway. <laughs> but then we but, try to edit it. Yeah, once you edit it and you're like, oh, I could put this on a website. And you're like, oh, I can't because it's the two megapixel version. So I you just do... put my SD card in my laptop um, and then import the photos into Lightroom. If you, that's if you, you have a laptop that still has an SD card. Sorry, Apple, what was that? You uh, took your SD card and Not for the people that can't afford a new yeah. one. Oh, I, Josh. I don't yeah. need a new one. I just loved your okay. Be- my beautiful yeah. computer. No, I looked and I thought you didn't have a SD card oh, no, no, slot. I, I do have that let you lovely round space there. That because Apple Josh likes to buy everything new from a Apple. Port. No, you don't want a port, Josh. No, nobody wants a port. What they want is 12 dongles. They want a dongle tree. Yeah, exactly. Look at my bangles all over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a dongle plugged into a dongle plugged into a dongle plugged into a dongle so yeah but that will cost uh, £20 the dongle yeah. if it's happy yeah, exactly oh but don't use a copy one because it'll complain that it's not a genuine Apple product life just life you, yeah you say, it, you, say it, you say it like that but maybe there's a reasoning behind that yes no, they it's like making Apple's money rude. or genuine like because no. there, there was a time at the start no. that USB-C built, cables were built yes. pretty cheaply no there is no reason yeah they did, they, did, they did melt and things like that but let's be absolutely clear the things are built in the same factory they're just labeled apple and not literally apple. literally yeah. exactly well, what that's they why do. that's why like there's a standard like mfi for iphone yes. cables just yes. i i prefer this the peace of mind i don't care the logistics like oh, android, the android because it's open so it's open source like you'd expect it to work a bit more like a computer not saying that isn't the case for an mm-hmm. ipad pro probably you've got usb-c there and yeah. ipad pro um it's got i you know what the ipad os but yeah OS, back yeah. to the editing apps um yeah, like you say, Lightroom, great, great. It is great, but you are very close still to the computer experience with Lightroom, which is probably why you're more comfortable with it. Yeah, I and I like the which fact... Which is not a criticism. It's yeah, actually yeah. It's a, it's a fair criticism, but yeah. it's also I like the fair. fact that I can work on an edit on my phone, Yeah. and because it's in the Creative Cloud, mm. if I choose to use Adobe Lightroom Creative Cloud, not Classic, on my desktop, <laughs> then I get to see all the photos I've started editing on my desktop. I have to be honest, I can't stand using it on my desktop because I don't like the cloud-based version of my I think I've desktop. just become very lazy now. Like, I don't actually like to edit on my laptop anymore. I am not interested in the words you are saying right now. Well, in, in, no. in, the, in the words of somebody famous out there, don't dig it until you try it. So this is BFH UK, and I'm going to give you a very important message. <laughs> if you ever edit a photo on your phone in front of me, we cannot be friends. Well, I won't be doing that again. Ever. Oh, well, it, it would appear that the podcast has finished forever. Yes, <laughs> 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 into the podcast with John. I might know. I might be a bit. I might be a bit old fashioned, right? But you know. From what I've seen, you know, I, I, I know I went for the bigger, bigger is better, you know, situation with my camera and completely understand that, right? Yes. I know I fall short when it comes to wanting to look more professional and actually being a bit more of a turd, right? Ooh. Okay, right, I get I'm going to get, get some hate mail next episode. No, yeah, no, I, <laughs> no, I get big cameras just to show off. That's exactly what I did with my ATD. It's exactly mm. what I did, right? I do I do laugh when you go somewhere and somebody whips out like a 100 no. to 400 mil lens. Yeah, and like, look, look at the size of this. Show, it's it's 
need two minutes. tripods to step yeah. it yeah. up. <laughs> but like, hear me out, right? I've got back problems. You cannot... I'm hardly surprised. It's yeah. like if you make this into if you <laughs> if you are if you are if you want to make this into a business, I think you know I've always wanted to go freelance in my in my portraiture and stuff, and mm. that's what I've always wanted to do. That's what I tried to do. It's difficult, obviously, but um, I. I don't think that's possible if you edit on your phone. Oh no, I, I do agree. The reason why mobile editing is good for me is because it's still a hobby. If you want to be a, yeah, if you want to be just a hobby, like if you if you want I, your portrait to be sure just a hobby, if I it think was, if it was the case that like like John does, like you could kind of say what I do sometimes doing half of the editing on the computer and half yeah. on my phone yeah. is the same with how you would you yeah. know start on the phone, start on the phone, and and continue. Laptop, but then as John was saying, there's certain things that you can't do yeah. on an app on your yeah. phone that you can do on a, oh, on yeah. a laptop. The thing is that you learn you learn what is possible and what's not what is not possible. Are you not worried about the quality though? I don't understand how you can edit a photo on your phone and still expect the same quality as you would get from a RAW well, on your computer. The, be- the beauty the beauty that I've learned recently is uh, is that because it's a Google product. With Snapseed and that I use Google Drive, I can I can negate putting it on my phone, and I can go completely from drop uh, from Google Drive into into Snapseed. And because it's a Google product, they've made both things the seamless experience. So you don't even have to have anything come off of onto your phone, taking up your space, or like you know you have to wait ten years. Oh, so you're editing just... live in the cloud. Yeah, okay, so like really. it literally comes into the app, and, and I'm not even joking. I will load it from my phone. You think it'd be quicker to load it from your phone? No, it takes like two or three, like or three, or three you know, like cycles of the spinny wheel, where you call it. The, Circle the, the the boot the boofer burner. <sighs> oh god, thinking of the old days of YouTube, Jesus. Um, and it's brilliant that like when I do it from Google Drive, it's like whoop, there's the image, and it asks me to start doing raw settings immediately. Well, the thing that I like. I have to say, similar with Adobe Creative Cloud with Lightroom Mobile, is you generally work, and it's probably the same in Snapseed because yeah. of how quick it is, you work on embedded previews. Yeah. So you don't see the full image, you just see the preview. Oh. If you zoom in, it will pull down more of the image oh, yeah, so you yeah. can see it, but it means that it's very snappy. Mm. Um, the thing for me is having stuff in the cloud is super useful. Like I can create a Lightroom album, which you can't do on Snapseed. So it's not, no, it's no. not a catalog. It's, it's more attached experience. to your actual yeah. app experience. Yeah, so that so... would be like a, a gallery on my app, phone app. Yeah. Or on Android, it would be whatever phone app your yeah. provider uses. So for me, uh, I like the fact that I can create an album. And in that mm. album, I can edit the photos. And then I could share that album mm. directly from Adobe Creative Cloud to a client or a friend or whatever. And that would allow me to present it in quite a professional way. And yeah. if I've imported the original photos, so if I've used a dongle or an on-the-go cable or a USB mm. hub or whatever or an SD reader into my phone or my tablet, I'm able then to be able to actually use full-quality photos. So I don't lose any quality. The thing that gets me, though, is the fact That's that... That's probably where people worry about mobile photography, where yeah, you think you're going to you're lose losing quality. quality. But I think the thing is, and this is the thing that we talked about uh, off-air initially, but I think it's mm. worth bringing up is the fact that I can't edit like tiny details. Oh on no, photos. no, no, no I, I would. There is no way in hell that I would edit a photo that needs a lot of skin touching. Yeah, or like, or needed like uh, bits removing that yeah. were very detailed because it's it's Snapseed's too hard. very terrible for that. I do use an app which is which I would recommend to anyone to give a try. Um, I can't think that's what I mean. I think it's just called Retouch Touch on the App Store, and it's I think it's like two pound. It's a great app. Other it's, apps are available. Yes, other apps are available. We're like the BBC. We have to say there's an alternative. Um, and it, in in the same respect that uh, like you could you could use like 
Lightroom on the computer, it also has a Mac software, a Mac app. Oh, so okay. you could start it in the app and then take Make it over. You do have to buy both sides of the app, but that's another argument, you know, like buying it both places to, to get the access both places, mm. or it's just one purchase overall, yeah. like Lightroom, I guess, yeah. is in a way. Well, Lightroom, and again, it, because it's subscription-based, you have that element of if you stop paying, you stop getting access. Oh, yeah. It's kind of... Which is miserably annoying. It's, yeah, it's miserably annoying. It ties you in, but ultimately, you know, like everything, if... If I'm, you know, I, I subscribe to Office 365, you know, mm. and if I stop paying, then I lose my OneDrive access. You yeah. know, in the same way that if I have Google Drive... Or you all get and the I'm free tier. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm using a, a huge amount of storage. So I think on uh, OneDrive, I'm using something like 480 gig or something. And most of it is photos. You know, most of it is photos that I've edited. I don't tend to store the RAWs on it because they're huge. And yeah. they take forever. So I tend to do my edits, put my edits in the cloud so they're always safe and they're always there. And that way, then, if ever I want to go back to them, it kind of makes it easier. And actually, I really love the integration when we're editing or when you're working stuff like that, like whether it's Adobe Creative Cloud, whether it's OneDrive, whether it's Google. Mm. I love the fact that the AI that's built into those now allows me to just go, I took a photo of stars mm. and I just type stars in and it finds it. Yeah. Or I just type in trees and it finds all my photos of trees. Or whatever That's it might cool. be, it's so good. It's very because clever it means machine. You can find it's like stuff. with the, the new notes, the new note phone. You can write a scribble on the lock screen, and then you, it'll it'll be able to translate that into words for you. Yeah, it's really it's really, really good. clever. There's a lot of a lot of clever software that's happening that um, mobile editing is going to take advantage of, and a lot of you will notice. I'm sure people that have got more recent phones, particularly. Um, I don't think iPhones specifically come up with it. It probably happens in the background, but mm. uh, on Android-based phones, you know, you point your camera on your smartphone at something, and it will tell you. It will go, "This is a landscape," or "This mm. is plants," or "This is a baby," or "This yeah. is a dog." That's normally a, a normally a showboaty feature of Samsung. But it iPhones. works. But, but Apple does have uh, obviously in the App Store yeah, there are yeah. apps like I use an app that will know what it's looking at. But it's not just that; it's the fact that it's now built into most Android handsets. Yeah. So whether it's Nokia's, whether it's Huawei's, whether it's uh, um, whether it's you know HTC's if they're still around or whatever. Oh god, yeah, they you know, they fell I used off to this side of the It didn't uh, work yeah. for long. The good old Wi-Fi S's. Maybe anyway, maybe yeah. laugh, but uh, there was a joke that was online. A lot of people who used to have HTC's went iPhone. Yeah. HTC converted people to iPhone because their phones yeah. went terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. I think the, the the AI is is useful, you know, and it, it means that if it can tweak the exposure settings mm -hmm. on cameras and stuff like that, then that's useful. And now that's starting to get built into proper cameras. The experience cool. for, uh, even goes better actually. Like if you if because you, you obviously Google own Snapseed and they own the Google Photos service as well. As far as I know, a friend of mine goes does a similar same process to me, but he I think he gets a bit more of the metadata by doing it through uh, the Google Photos app because he's got a Pixel. So yeah. he gets that unlimited photos, high-res yeah, photos yeah. immediately. Yeah. It's like, even though it's just the same snappiness as opening it into that, it could be just because it's Google software, but there, there is, there's, there's, a, there's a better bevy of tools and uh, a, bit, a, a little bit more in the metadata than the Apple app version does. But that's not Apple's fault, that's Google's fault. Yeah, app, and I think, I think ultimately, um, whatever ecosystem you're in, there are solutions for mobile editing. If you're on a, um, an iPad, like a yeah. big iPad, like maybe an iPad Pro or whatever. Affinity Photo that was desktop based mm. is now app based. As yeah, well. but not on like you know, I have an iPhone eight. Yeah, not on you a would not edit a photo no. on your iPhone. I would retouch quickly if all I needed to do was pull highlights, shadows, contrast, mm. that sort of stuff, and not really do much editing in terms of as a portrait. 
yeah, I can understand you wouldn't like this skin retouching. Yeah, but do you not want the final photo removal. to be the final photo? But if I'm just taking a landscape and I'm happy with the landscape pretty much straight out of camera, mm. then that's okay. Like, yeah. I would take that and just edit minor tweaks, maybe adjust the blacks and whites, the contrast, the yeah. highlights, the shadows, that sort of stuff. Maybe add some sharpening. Done. I think while you're on Lightroom, you know, you go through flagging all the photos that you want to edit, so yeah. you're not editing piles of yeah, crap, yeah, yeah. and then you get your Approve preset, you know, yeah, you yeah. throw that on. Yeah. You know, if I'm doing beauty yeah. retouching, go on yeah. Photoshop. And there is Where the, does my phone come into that? There's a lot to be said for things like... But what you could do is you could edit one. So if you're, I mean, you're obviously portraits. If you edited one for the look you wanted, and yeah. you know that the lighting's consistent across yeah. them, do one, go into Lightroom, create a cloud on your laptop eventually when you get home or whatever, sync all the settings across all the photos. You've just saved yourself doing all the manual editing at that starting point. So if you wanted it's to... It's one of the reasons why like, I'm so tempted to, to integrate more Lightroom views on mobile for me. I, I, I don't use the app much because I don't have the subscription. Um, I would say, personally, like a, a photographer's subscription to Lightroom, uh, even full price is a tenner a month. Mm. I would argue a tenner a month to get 20 gig of cloud storage. That's £120 which, for the privilege you know, of quite a few apps. You get Photoshop, mm. genuine 2019 release, you get Lightroom, you get cloud-based storage, you get um, uh, their portfolio service, so mm. Adobe Portfolio, which is how my website's yeah. run. More on that in a future episode. But, mm. you know, there's lots and lots of benefits yeah. and actually if you think about it you know like we were talking today weren't we about like subscription-based services people happily pay a tenner or 15 pound a month or something well you know a tenner for photoshop and lightroom yeah. people would argue well you know we have to pay over and over again month after month yeah. you do but actually you get the latest version of it continuously yeah oh yeah because like which is good because i guess the subscription needs to fit how much it's offering like because yeah. uh we started recording this after the Apple conference this evening. Like we watched a little bit while we were waiting for Billy to arrive. And long story short, they they priced the subscriptions how I thought was would be you know fair. What you would be willing to pay? Yeah, because yeah. because they don't because let's say the Apple TV Plus doesn't have anything other than the originals. So I can understand why they would price it at five rather yeah. than ten dollars yeah. or 10 less pounds. less than Netflix, for example. Because they would be modest with the yeah. pricing. It offers currently offers less than Netflix, which is why a lot of people are probably not always that happy with Adobe because they'll always up the price by a little bit with some tax extras. Mm. And we've already had the conversation about you know how some things are more expensive in the UK and not in America. Yeah. Other factors come into it: political factors, tax. You know, Brexit. Brexit. Well, I wasn't going to go over there, but... Oh, we dropped the B-bomb. There's always one... That, 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 uh, one thing I try to avoid doing is saying Brexit in anything other than hearing it on the news. Because the problem with that is everyone's trying to avoid hearing it just, shall, we just get, shall we just get a load of political acronyms? Should we just do them all that way? So or should we we'll just say Brexit for so the next 10 we'll minutes? Just, we'll just say... Brexit. So we can just say Brexit, and then we'll go Bojo. Jojo. Uh, <laughs> backstop. Like, yeah, we'll just do, do oh, all of the things. You know, put a backstop that, yeah. on that information. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, on that note, Definitely. I think it's time for us to exit <laughs> the podcast. Yes, let's exit the podcast union. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe the end of October. <laughs> or it could be January, but we're well, not could sure. Be at, uh, maybe after the general October. election, but let's move away. <laughs> well, maybe it could be at not at nearly nine thirty-two in the evening on Tuesday, the tenth of September. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway. Stay tuned for future episodes on Get The Shot Podcast. You've been listening to John Willis at JRE Willis. You've been listening to Josh Deakin at Mr. Josh Deakin. Did it right? Um, Billy at BFHUK. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you guys for I listening. I like I didn't mess up and no one knew what to do. Oh, we were all <laughs> expecting it. <laughs> yeah, and on that note, guys, thank you for joining us again. We appreciate you all for being here and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.